Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And the Lord Jesus was always conscious of the Father. And so the Lord Jesus has made it so that we should always have the presence of God in the person of the Holy Spirit. That's why he said in John 14, 16, John 14, 16, I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter that he will abide with you forever. What a wonderful promise is that, that the Lord Jesus prays to the Father and that we should give, give us another comforter, the Holy Spirit, who's the, and he's gonna be with us forever, you know, not just for here on earth, but forever, not just for our time on earth, but forever, 10,000 years from now, we'll still have the Holy Spirit with us. What a wonderful gift is that? We should never be anxious. That's the reason we should never be anxious. Because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. We can't see him, but he's there. Now, again, it reminds me of the nephrology conference on Friday where we had a lunch and uh, there was 600 doctors, nurses. It was a big conference there down there. And, I, and whenever these kind of things happen, you know, I'm sitting there front and, and I start to get a lot of questions in my mind and the questions start to drive me crazy. I mean, I don't know what it is. I guess it's just, it's the ADD. But anyway, <laughs> I start up in my mind. I can't help it. You know, the lights are too bright. Can the lights be adjusted, you know, down? The, the lights are not bright enough. Can the lights be adjusted up? You know, the audio's too loud. Can it be turned down? The audio's too soft. Can it be turned up, you know? It's too hot in the auditorium. Can the temperature be turned down, you know? It's too cold. Can the temperature be turned up? Well, who's speaking after the speaker? This is what goes on in my, with me. And Dr. Sladopolsky, he might fall going up the steps to the podium. Who's going to help him up the steps? You know, how long is the break going to be? You know, can I get some more coffee, you know? <laughs> the coffee's making me nervous. Can I get some water? You know, who's going to translate for me? When do I go up to speak? When is lunch going to be served? I go through all these things. When is the conference over? Can I get a program to see what's going to come next? And, it's, and I become very agitated, you know, and I'm looking around as to who can ask all these questions, and I, I just can't sit still. It's the problem. I start shifting in my chair, making everybody else very uncomfortable at the table, and well, they know this about me, <laughs> that I become agitated with all these questions. So I didn't know this, but Diana had her assistant named Esther, and she was sitting in the table right behind me. I couldn't see Esther because my back was, was towards her. And Deanna told Esther, watch Mr. Cantor, you know, <laughs> because Deanna knows that I become fidgety and anxious with all these things. And so I couldn't see Esther, but Esther was watching me become anxious and looking around, 
And so she got up, you picture this, and she came right up behind me during the program. I didn't even see her, but she says the words, if you need anything, I'm here. <laughs> she says, you know, and then I, oh, I relaxed, I, you know, and so I told her one question after another, and I thought, but I was thinking about what she said. If you need anything, I'm here. And I thought to myself, you know, I couldn't see her. But from behind, she comes up, she says, if you need anything, I'm here. And I thought, that's exactly what God does. It's exactly what God says to each one of us. If you need anything, I'm here. And so what do we have to do? We have to ask. You know, we have to bring our questions to God. Okay, now, Joseph also had a special loyalty to his father. Joseph's first loyalty was to his father, even if it meant being hated by his brothers for telling the father about the evil that they were up to. And that made Joseph a type of the Lord Jesus Christ because his first loyalty was to God the Father. He said that in John 8, 29, John 8, 29, for I do always those things that please him. It was very simple for the Lord Jesus. He had one question. Well, this please God the Father, then that's what I'm gonna do. If that meant, even if that means offending others, which is exactly what happened in Matthew 15, 6, Matthew 15, 6, He said, thus have you made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition, you hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you saying this people draw nigh unto me with their mouth, but honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. And he called the multitude and said unto them, hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, that's this defileth a man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou, knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after heard this saying? You know, the disciples came to the Lord like they were his advisors, you know, you know like they were, you know, the speechwriters or something. And they said, Whoa, you know, you went off the script, you know. <laughs> the disciples came to the Lord that they were like they were his friends, letting him know, you know, you made a great error. You know, they were like, you know, oh, got to tip you off here. You, you just offended the Pharisees. The Lord didn't care because he had one special loyalty to God the Father. And that is why both John and I at work have on our desk this little small plaque right under the computer monitor with five words, the Lord Jesus Christ first. That's the principle we want for our decisions to be guided by. And Joseph had that special loyalty, his father first. Joseph was also special because he was specially chosen among all the sons. You know, none of the other sons, none of the other brothers were chosen, but Joseph was chosen. And only the Lord Jesus was chosen to be God's special servant, to be God's way, to be God's truth, to be God's life, to be God's only rescuer, to bring people to God the Father. He said that in John 14, 6. He said unto them, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And God the Father said, I chose him in Matthew 12, 18. Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him. He shall show judgment to the Gentiles. And all the people knew that he was God's choice. They used to, that's what they used to mock him when he was on the cross. Those very words in Luke 12, Luke 23, 35, Luke 23, 35. The people stood beholding, and the rulers also with him derided him, saying, he saved others, let him save himself, 
if he be Christ, the chosen of God, was a mockery. Joseph was, was also a special because Joseph had a special knowledge. He had a special knowledge, and with this special knowledge, he was able to reveal what was hidden. That, this is so important about Joseph. God only gave those dreams to Joseph, and the truth of those dreams were hidden from the rest. But Joseph revealed them. He revealed his dreams to them. So there's two words I want you to always remember about Joseph. They are the words hidden and opened. Hidden and opened. Through Joseph, the hidden was opened. Through Joseph, the hidden was opened to his family when he told those dreams about the, uh, his upcoming dominion. Through Joseph, the hidden was opened to the baker about his dreams in prison that he was going to die. Through Joseph, the hidden was opened to the butler about his dream that he, in prison that he was going to live. And through Joseph, the hidden was opened to Pharaoh about his dreams about the coming plenty and famine. This is the truth, the hidden and open, that, Joseph, that, that through Joseph, the, the, he opened the hidden, and it was captured by who? Pharaoh. Of all people, it says in Genesis 41, 45, Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphnath-Paneah. Okay? And then he gave him, okay. See, that's an interesting name, Zaphnath-Paneah. That's, that's Egyptian, by the way. That's Egyptian. That's not Hebrew. It really, it's pronounced Zaphnath-Paneah. And it's really two Egyptian words. An Egyptian person helped with understanding this. And it's two Egyptian words, similar to Hebrew, but it's, it's Egyptian. Tsofnat is Egyptian, and it means hidden. It means hidden. Now, there's a Hebrew word that's very close to it, safon, safon, which means north, uh, but it really means hidden because you never see the sun in the north. It's hidden. So the sun is always hidden in the north. Okay, so tsofnat is Egyptian. It means hidden, like safon. And panea is Egyptian, and it means opened. Opened, open, which is very similar to, to, to Hebrew with just poteach, poteach, it means opened, okay. So the name that Pharaoh gave to Joseph, tsofnat, or hidden, paneach, or open, means the hidden was opened because Joseph had this special knowledge and therefore he was able to reveal what was hidden. That was true of the Lord Jesus Christ. He had the special knowledge and by revelation, he opened what was hidden. As it says in Luke 10, 22, Luke, 20, Luke 10, 22, all things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knoweth who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. You put it another way, and he to whomsoever the Son will open the hidden. So Joseph was special in that regard. Joseph was special also because, because God was going to save Israel specifically or specially through him. See, there's going to be a salvation for this family of Jacob. There's going to be a salvation for the Jewish people at that time, and only Joseph and no one else is going to save them. And that's true of the Lord Jesus Christ. In John 14, 6, as we already said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts 4, 12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. And then in the great prophecy of Zechariah, 
the great prophecy of Zechariah, it says in Zechariah 8.13, 8.13, it shall come to pass that as you were a curse among the heathen, O house of Judah and O house of Israel, so will I save you, God says, and you shall be a blessing, fear not. And then in Acts 5.31, him, the Lord Jesus, hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior. You want to put it another way? God and Messiah, to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. We're talking about Israel here. So we're talking about the specialness of the Lord Jesus Christ because only through him is Israel going to be saved. And that's the essence of the message in Romans 11. Romans eleven twenty six. Romans eleven twenty six. where it says, and so all Israel shall be saved as it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob for this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. Now, Joseph was also special because no one recognized who he was. That made him special. No one recognized who he was. Everyone in the family rejected Joseph as the one who they were all going to bow down to. No one accepted that prophecy. No one in Joseph's family realized who Joseph really was. They didn't, no, no one in the family realized we're looking at who, the, the savior of the family here. We're looking at the one who, when we are going to be faced with death and destruction, that he's going to be the one who's going to save us. And so it was with the Lord Jesus Christ that just about no one in his extended family and his Jewish people realized who the Lord Jesus was. So that when the Lord Jesus went to his family, his extended family, the Jewish people, the record puts it so beautifully and succinctly in John 1.11, he came unto his own and his own received him not. That made him special. Joseph was also special because we saw this. He was like innocent. He was so, he was so like a child. He was innocent like a child. He was simple like a child. You know, he has a dream. He doesn't think twice it's going to make him be hated. So he goes running and tells to his family, just like a little innocent little kid. He just tells it like it was. That was special. That was also the way the Lord Jesus was like a beautiful childlike spirit in simplicity, no deceit in his mouth, no manipulation, no, you know, well, I'll tell him this, I don't want him to go there. No, I just told it like it is. And he says in John 8, 38, 8, 38, I speak that which I have seen with my father. That's it. He said, I don't filter it, and I don't modify it. I just speak what I saw. John 8, 40, John 8, 40. Now you seek to kill me, a man that had told you the truth which I have heard of God. That made him special. Another thing that's very important, especially for me, Joseph was special because there was a varied response to his message. There was a varied response to his message. The majority dismissed his message, finished, that's it, not a second thought, over. But there was a minority that didn't dismiss it. And we see that in, in Genesis 37, 11, verse 11. His brethren envied him, but his father observed, shamar, guarded, kept the saying. See, all of Joseph's brothers, they just dismissed it. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. Y'all, your dreams, nonsense. Not one of his brothers gave his dream a second thought. Not one of his brothers gave one drop 
of credence to Joseph's dreams. That was the majority of the response. But you know what? There was a little tiny minority in his father that did give his dreams a second thought. As stated in verse 11, his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. And that was true of the Lord Jesus. There was a mixed response to his message, most rejecting, but a small remnant who at first wondering and then accepting. That's why it's so beautiful that there is a verse 12 in John 1 that goes with verse 11. That's a very important statement. Verse 12 comes after verse 11. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> no, verse 11 says, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. But thank God for the next word. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. See, that varied response, you know, no, but, that's what Israel Restoration Ministries counts on. This varied response is what gives Israel Restoration hope and encouragement. See, the varied response works like this. Outwardly, all in the family appeared to reject Joseph's message. Outwardly. Even the father says he rebuked him. Says, you know, what are these dreams? But inwardly, where no one could see, because it was inward, a very small remnant of just one person in this particular account, very small remnant, Joseph's father, who represents the remnant in Israel, he kind of considers what Joseph said. Outwardly, Joseph's father appeared to be just as rejecting of Joseph's message as the rest of the family. But inwardly, Joseph's father observed, he held on to, he deeply considered Joseph's message. You know, from the, from the Los Angeles Saturday outreaches and the summer blitzes, you know, each year, Israel Restoration knocks on over a million Jewish doors per year. Now, think about that. Over a million Jewish doors per year. And virtually every Jewish person that is encountered in those outreaches rejects the message that Jesus is God and the Messiah. No. And that's really like all the family of Joseph that rejected Joseph's message. But you know what's encouraging? What's encouraging is to know that there is a very small remnant like Joseph's father, who though outwardly appeared to be just as rejecting as the rest. They've joined the rest. But inwardly, they're holding on to, they're considering the message, hmm, Jesus is God and Messiah. But you can't tell. You can't tell. So we work by faith, looking beyond the outward appearance of the total rejection of the Jewish people, knowing that there are some of the Jewish people, like Joseph's father, who inwardly will hold on to the message and deeply consider that Jesus is God, Jesus is Messiah. Now, Joseph was special because he loved those who hated him. He loved those who hated him. When he's, it's very important when he said these words, I seek my brethren. You know, Joseph was special because even though his brothers effectively disowned him, he still called them his brethren. And that's true of the Lord Jesus Christ, that in spite of what they did to him, they, he never cast off his Jewish people. He never did. And again, that's the message of Romans 11, verse 1. Romans 11, verse 1, half I say then, Hath God cast away his people? Good question. Hath God cast away his people? Answer, God forbid. 
For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people which he foreknew. So that made Joseph special. Joseph was also special in the sense because with the dream, God didn't warn him. <laughs> he could have. He says, now listen, Joseph, you, say, you know, we all have bad dreams, right? We all have bad dreams. I had a bad dream last night. I had a dream that my, uh, that my car stopped in the, my Volvo stopped in the middle of the road, and I left it there. When I came back, it wasn't there because it had been hit several times. It was smashed over on the side of the road, you know? That was a t- bad dream, you know? <laughs> anyway, but, but Joseph was special because God didn't give him any warnings like that. It, nothing about a pit, nothing about, you know, Egypt, nothing about a prison, no, 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 no. And so God just kind of let him walk right into the trap, you know? And in the same way, you know, God the Father did not stop the Lord Jesus from walking into the trap. Of course, he knew it was there. And he, he talked about that, he says, you know, in, in Matthew 26, 53, he said, thinkest thou, thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels? Well, God was not gonna send those angels unless he asked for them, you know? But in Matthew eleven twenty five, Matthew eleven twenty five, the Lord said at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, revealed them to babes. Even so, for it seemed good in thy sight. See, that's why he didn't reveal it to Joseph, because it seemed good in his sight to not. Okay, now, we saw last week when Joseph was lost, trying to find his brothers, how God sent a certain man to guide him. Wow, where did that man come from? I don't know. He came from some, he came from God. He came from someplace, you know. But they, all of a sudden, this certain man appears out of nowhere to guide Joseph. When I see that certain man in verse 15, you know, it appears out of nowhere. I just can't help but remember what happened in November of 1982 when Cheryl and I and, and our two sons, David and Joseph, making the grand business trip you know, in Europe. I said, you want to come to Europe? Of course, I didn't tell him we were going to go to a customer every year. That doesn't matter. Anyway, so there we arrived in Milan, in Milan Airport at 9 p.m. And like I said, November. Now, I'll tell you something about that part of Italy, the northern part, especially Milan in uh, November. It is plagued with fog. It is terrible. The way Milan sits, it just seems to collect all the fog in the world. And it's just awful. And so we arrived, and it's totally, totally socked in with fog. And so me, in my infinite wisdom, decided to sp- save money, and I rented the smallest car that they had. I think it was a tiny Ford Escort, you know, <laughs> and it was really small. And, we were, and of course, we, had all, we were the eight-week trip, so we had all this luggage and everything. We're all jam-packed into this car, you know, and, and, and there was luggage in the back seat, and the two boys, and Cheryl and I, and we could see nothing. I mean, nothing. I mean, there were, I couldn't see any signs. You know how I was driving? I was looking at the white line. <laughs> I was just following the white line. Somehow it's going to take us to the hotel. Totally lost. Totally lost. When all of a sudden, it was like, you know, that Disneyland ride where you turn to, you'd come to the thing, and all of a sudden the thing appears, you know. All of a sudden, you know, there, the headlights shine on this poor, distressed old lady standing on the side of the road, motioning us to stop and help her. Look at that. And Cheryl says, stop and help her. (laughs) 
another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E. Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor, founder of Israel Restoration Ministries and our Bible teacher on the Friendship with God radio program, has created the Friendship with God Study and Reference Bible. It's a King James Study and Reference Bible with over 2,200 total pages, 13.5 point large font, and has over 600 pages of Bible helps and resources. It has Hebrew root notations in the Old Testament and over 30,000 Bible column and inline scripture references. It also includes daily bread reading notations, a tour of the Bible scripture journey, 12 custom-made full-color maps, and a full-color nine-page History of Israel timeline map. Not to mention incredible concordance and the most popular Bible scripture references section, Bible reference help section, and hundreds and hundreds of other personalized pages from Tom Cantor to grow your friendship with God. It's printed on Finland thin paper printing technology and covered in a black lambskin leather cover with gold lettering. To order your Friendship with God study and reference Bible, go to our homepage on friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org.